Hey guys, it's RJ and Angie, and this is the Rich by Intention podcast. Today we have a special guest, Anthony O'Neill, the number one national best-selling author, speaker, financial expert, and host of the popular YouTube series, The Table Podcast with Anthony O'Neill. Anthony is passionate about reaching people in a real, relatable, and relevant way and helping them get a clear vision for their future so that they can win with life and money. In this episode, we talk about when to bring up money while dating, red flags to look out for, should men pay for everything while dating, and so much more. Anthony will be rolling out a new course for singles called The Singles Blueprint. This is a transformational program that will walk students through eight pillars to maximize their single season, gain clarity on their life's vision, and build a legacy. The program consists of over 12 on-demand lessons and worksheets, live group mentorship with Anthony O'Neill, a private student-only community, and more. Check out the show notes for a link to the course. The course is available to purchase starting March 1st through March 10th, so don't miss out. As always, thank you for tuning in to this episode. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and get our free cheat sheet to get on the same page about money with your partner. Thanks for tuning in. So Anthony, we are so excited to have you on the Rich by Intention podcast. Ooh. You know, you are doing awesome things in the personal finance space. So we know our listeners are going to get so much from this episode. So for those who may not know you, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So the name is AO, short for Anthony O'Neill, born and raised, well, actually born in Columbus, South Carolina, but raised in San Diego, California, and in Fayetteville, North Carolina. You know, I have a unique situation, Angie. I was um, a product of wedlock, right? So my mom actually didn't marry my biological father, but they were still real cool. So they married outside of each other. So I'm, I'm blessed. I have four loving parents who I love all equally, and all of them love me just the exact same. Like my step parents, you meet them, you wouldn't even think they're my step parents because they claim me. So I'm I'm blessed and fortunate in that way. But I grew up, RJ, in a very strong Christian Church of God in Christ Pentecostal home. Oh, Kojic. Kojic. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so with that being said, it's like you know, in the Kojic world back in the '80s and the '90s, we were going to church every day. There was no time off. It was Monday. We had revival night. Tuesday, it was usher practice. Wednesday was midweek Bible study. Thursday, it was choir practice. Friday was joy night. Saturday, we evangelized. And then Sunday, we were in there every day. So I say all that to say is I grew up and I really didn't experience my youth, right? I went to school. When I came home from school, I did my homework. After homework, we went to church. There was no school dances. I couldn't go to the football games. I couldn't go out to the mall and just chill. The only important conversations I had really growing up that were vital to my, 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 my teenage was two things. Number one is what to do if you get put over by the police as a young black man. Okay. Then the second one was when you get a hundred dollars, give God 10% of it, give God $10. Now what you do with the other $90, the other 90%, don't ask us for school shoes, school supplies, that's on you. You got a job. You go do that. But my parents never really sit down and taught me, you know, here's how you budget a checkbook. Back then, you had to budget it literally on your actual checkbook. They didn't teach me what's the difference between a credit card and a debit card. They didn't teach me how to start a business or how to start to build wealth. Their thing was, hey, go to school, 
graduate from school, find you a job, serve 40 years there so you can get at least 40% of your paycheck when you leave and retire and get your social security, get a good 401k package, keep the credit score above an 800 and you will be successful. And so I literally followed that philosophy when I graduated high school. I went out there, opened up all these credit cards. So I, so I thought I could get a, you know, 800 credit scoring so I could be, become a young man. Uh, but I quickly realized that I made the wrong decision. You know, I racked up about $35,000 in um, debt, 15,000 of that was credit card debt. And, you know, you know, RJ, you married to an amazing young lady. I'm single. And I think I'm single because I'm scared. You know, that $15,000 that I spent uh, was all on a woman. I bought her a Dooney and Burke's purse. I bought her some flowers. I took her on some, some spring break vacations. I sent her a lot of different things, right? And make a long story short, because I want to make sure that we can really just have a good conversation and bless y'all's listeners. I was insecure in who I was. And I thought that I had to impress people to be liked. Um, I thought I had to have certain things to be accepted in culture. I didn't really know who I was at my core. I believed who I was because everyone told me who I should be. And so I racked up all this debt and me and my, my stepfather in California got into a real bad argument. And long story short, I became homeless because my father wouldn't let me come home. I got kicked out of college and made some poor decisions. And by the age of 19, I'm homeless sleeping in the back of my car. And all my friends who I tried to impress, not one of them offered me a place to come shower, get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich to lay my head. Everyone was like, yo, when you was hot, we wanted you. Now that you're not, we don't care about you. And that was Mike a season. Jones. Yeah, Mike Jones, you know? So I, I really thought, I mean, I thought about some crazy things during that season. I, I contemplated suicide. I questioned God. I questioned my parents. And really, literally, God had to strip me down naked, spiritually and physically, for me to understand that, hey, the only person you need to try to impress is him. Not them, not her, not him, but God. And um, I just say, you know what? You're right. And so I literally got, got back on the right path with God. When I say got back on the right path, I'm not saying I'm perfect because God knows I've still made some crazy mistakes, even in the year of 2022. But I, I haven't, made, haven't made any crazy mistakes with me when it comes to my money. Today, I'm 37 years old, turning 38 this year. And I am 100% debt-free, excluding my mortgage. I still do have a mortgage, I'd like to be clear on that. And I'm just traveling around the world, teaching young people, millennials, minorities, how to be debt-free, how to build wealth, and really how to really maximize their single season. Because, you know, Angie, a lot of, you know, people, we just, single people, we don't really maximize our single season. So when we get married like you all, we can come to the marriage fuller, healthier, wiser, less baggage. I'm not saying don't come with no baggage, but at least when we were single, we were stewarding this single season correctly. And we was able to get rid of some of the baggage that would have brought with us to our um, to our marriage. So that's just what I'm doing today. That's a little bit about myself. Wow. No, Anthony, like you have such an amazing and inspiring story and we can relate to just growing up and not being taught about money from our parents, not, you know, learning how to build wealth. You know, and I think a lot of people in our community can actually relate to that where, you know, we're told to save up money in our 
checking account or or savings account and make sure you get a good job and whatnot. But, you know, we're not taught the tools to build wealth. And so I love what you're doing with your platform on educating people about personal finance, but, you know, in particular, helping singles, you know, during their season of singlehood, you know, prepare financially and get their mindset ready and right. So when they do meet that partner, they're in a good position. So one of the questions that we get a lot is when should people bring up money while dating? With our platform, we want couples to win with money, right? Like we want couples to open the conversation up. But in your opinion, like when should couples really be talking about money when they're dating? I mean, like on the first five minutes when they meet each other. Just to tell them up front, I'm broke. I got money. What's the credit? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's one of the most common questions that I'm asked too. And I actually came out with an ebook about it, right? And I believe from my philosophy is the conversation about money should not be within the first couple of dates, right? But it should be before you get into a committed relationship. So enjoy the dating process. You know, when I really studied the word dating and I went to seminary school, the word dating comes from the root word of data. So while you're gathering this data, make sure part of the data that you're gathering is, are we on the same page with, when it comes to money? Because we know, you know, y'all are married. Uh, the average couple who gets a divorce, over 50% of them will get a divorce because of money problems. Not because of the lack of money but because of the money problems and the money problems come from, we had two different visions when it came to our money. You know, we were thinking about, well, I want to, I want the credit cards or I don't want the credit cards. Hey, I want to buy this car. No, I want to build wealth and, and do this. And really, here's the truth. There is no right or wrong answer when it comes to your money, because you have the right to choose what you want to do. But two people coming together can be off. So what I suggest is that, you know, while you're dating, while you're gathering data, have the conversation. Now, here's the thing. Don't come up to me and ask me on date number seven, how much money do I make? Because that's really none of your business, how much money I make. And so, when, 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 especially with ladies, because I get it. Ladies, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, Angie, because I'm not married. You know, so I, I don't know. You know, you know, me and RJ, we just brothers. So, you know, RJ, help me out, RJ. It's I got you. I got you. I, think most ladies you know that they, they want the financial security, not because they want to go out there and buy things, but it, it provides a level of emotional security, spiritual security. They don't have to worry about how we're going to pay for child care or how we're going to pay for our lights. She can focus on things. And so for me, I think it's important for the lady to know, okay, listen, can you provide that security for me? And the good easy, here's an easy question. Here's a real easy question you can ask, right? If you're out on the date, you should just ask one simple question. What is one of your five-year goals when it comes to your money? Or what was the money conversation growing up in your home when you were young? Create an open, a open conversation to where when you ask him that question or he asks you that question, you both can answer the question. And watch this. Because the conversation gets so good, eventually someone will say, you know, you know, my credit score is not this or I racked up this debt. I'm paying off student loans. You'll get to the answers that you want, but you want it to come up in a natural way, not in a forced way, not in a way to where ladies, I hate to say this, you sound like a a gold digger rather than a gold digger. Like, how do we get to the same goal? So if you ask and position the right questions at the right time, the right answers will come, but you got to be patient, but you got to have ask that conversation. 
as a single man and I'm dating, um, I do ask the question eventually before I get in a community relationship, what's your philosophy on debt? Because, you know, when I worked with Dave for seven years, right, I, we was like, no credit cards. And I'm still the no credit card guy. But I'm not saying I won't date a woman with, with a credit card. What I'm saying is, what's your philosophy for money? Do you want debt or do you want wealth? And I personally want to build wealth no, with no debt. Um, I want to actually have ownership. But I get it. Some people want to go the OPM route, other people money route. Cool. Great. Let's have that conversation and make sure that we both understand and make sure we both align when it comes to the money. You know, you gave some really great tips and some how to's (laughs) and everything that you just said. And, you know, because it can be nerve wracking. Right. Like just trying to like, oh, how do I bring this up? Like, will he, you know, not want to date me like after I say this or, you know, will I not be interested in him after he discloses this? And it's like it's very anxiety inducing, you know, just having those tough conversations or those hard conversations while you're dating. And so, you know, what are some red flags? people should be aware of when it comes to getting some of those those questions or those answers rather about money? I think one of the first red flags is and some people may hate me when I say this. Angie. I mean, people are like, what? Wait, really? If you are paying, if a brother man is always pulling out a credit card to pay for dinner, to me, that's a red flag. You know what I'm saying? That's a red flag. Like you're going to pay interest on something that's, 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 you know what I'm saying? And I get it. Watch this. Some people, well, I want the points. Here's the truth. 80% of the people in America who have a credit card do not, they carry a balance, they pay interest. And so I, I think for me, one of the red flags is just, just to pay attention to the money habits of the individual. If like for me, and I'm giving away my little secrets, people hate Let them know, let them know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like if, if, if I see a young lady and she got everything and she got the, my course, she got a Chanel purse, the Louis Vuitton purse, some red bottoms, the fitted hair. But I go out, she's driving a 1987 Honda. I'm like, okay, so your priorities are off. If I see a young lady and she has a kid and she looks better than her kid, that means your priorities are off. So for me, I'm always paying attention to what the other individual is presenting. Now, don't get it twisted. I'm, I'm going to pull up in a very nice, expensive car, right? But at the same time, my savings account is triple that car that I own. And so for me, it's all about red flags for me is what what are they presenting and what do they really have? That's number one. Number two is if if we're bringing up the money conversation and they're always running away from the money conversation, that's another huge red flag. Hey, man, what's when your money goes? I don't really have any goals. Uh, So how was your day? That's scary. Or, hey, how did you... How did you have, what kind of money conversations y'all grew up with? Mm, I don't know. Uh, did you see the game last night? Or I mean, when, I mean, it's like for me, if they're always running away from the conversation, there's something there that may not be a red flag, but that's a good strong yellow leading to a red flag. Because if, if they're uncomfortable having the conversation, then that means that there's something there that, that they are ashamed of. And two, they don't want to have it. And if I can't have the money conversation, and we're not going to do it. Um, here's number three, a red flag. Oh, man, your audience may not like me, but I love you. <laughs> I ask people, right, do you have an emergency fund? I ask people that. Like, yo, do you have a savings account? I was dating this young lady and, I mean, pulled up in a Mercedes, came out there looking good. I mean, I was like, my Lord, you are beautiful. And while we were talking, she said something. I was like, wait. I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? So I asked her a simple question. Yo, so how, 
So are you proud with what you have in your savings account? She was like, man, I got no savings. I said, you don't have a savings account? I said, but you, you got a $1,500 purse on it. You don't have a savings account? She said, I'm just like everyone else out here faking it until I make it. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, mm. and the whole tone changed for me because once she told me that, I'm like, yo, can I get the ticket? Can I go home? Because for me, I don't want to date us. I don't want to date someone who's going to fake it to the make it. I want to date a person who's going to make it on their level until they make it to the next level. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel as if this generation is all about what the Joneses are doing, what culture is saying we should do. And that's another red flag. And I'll leave it right there. Like, hey, if you're dating someone or you meet someone that to where they're always trying to keep up with culture, never trying to keep up with who God has fearfully and wonderfully made them to be. That is a huge red flag to me because I don't want to compete with the culture. I've been there. I've done that. And I know where that leads. I just want to keep up with what God has me assigned to do. And if I meet a young lady that uh, doesn't want that, or if you're a young lady listening to this, you meet a young man that every he gets every pair of Jordans, but he doesn't have a savings account. He updates his car, he upgrades his car every year to get the latest and the greatest. He doesn't have a savings account. He bought the PlayStation 5, six, 700 bucks, but he doesn't have $400 on his savings account. That's a red flag that you have to be very careful of. Yeah, agreed. You know, you, you got to be able to have these conversations and if people are running away, then you need to run the other way because it's hard, right? When you're not on the same page when it comes to money. So that, that leads to a question that I have. Should a man and a woman be financially stable before they get into a committed relationship? I wish for people to see me because I was like, that's a good question. <laughs> I was leaving. I was like, yo, I think here, here's not, this may sound sexist. And if it does, just correct me. I think the man should be. I think that the woman should have the mindset to where she is at least working towards that. And here's why. I'm not saying ladies are less than men. Here's what I am saying. If men, if we're the head of the home, if we are the provider, the protector, the priest of the home, there should be some level of, of a foundation, a stable foundation there. I'm not saying the person that the individual needs to be perfect, but he needs to have a job. He needs to have a savings account. And watch this. He needs to have a vision and he knows where he is going financially. Not saying that he has to have $50,000 in his savings account and making $100,000 a year. No. Do you have at least $55,000 coming a year? Do you you have a stable job? Are you a school teacher making $40,000 a year? Cool. Great. If you have that, cool. Great. Do you have a plan that you're doing to attack that? Are you attacking that debt? So I'm not saying that a man needs to be 100% perfect. Because none of us will ever be at that level. We're always going to be growing, evolving, maturing, and making more money. But what I am saying is, ladies, don't date a brother with potential. Date a brother and you see fruit from his potential. You see fruit from his labor. You see a brother who is producing from his potential. And if he is producing, you're seeing fruit. That's a, that's a stable guy. Yes. Now, on the flip side, for us brothers, I'm not saying that women can come here with no job, no nothing. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is I'm not putting as much weight on a woman than I am on a man. You know, what I am saying is what works for you works for you. Like, for example, for me, I really don't want my wife to work. I mean, I, I, I want her to do whatever she wants to do. So she comes to me and says, hey, I got I mean, I went to school. I got my doctor's degree. I'm drowning in one hundred thousand dollars of student loan debt. But, you know, here's here's what I'm gifted to do. I can do X, Y, Z. Cool. Cool. Great. Let's get married. We are going to pay off our debt 
Watch this. Anthony O'Neill is debt free. But when we get married, I'm not debt free anymore. I have student loans I need to pay off because they're my wife's student loans, but it's now our student loans. So we're going to pay off those student loans. And I'm saying, babe, go do what you want to do. But then you have other couples to where, cool, they want the 50-50 method. Cool, great. If that's what you desire, then yes, she needs to come to the table with the job, with a money mindset that works best for both of you. But I do put a little bit more weight on men and making sure that men can at least provide for themselves. And if they can't provide for themselves, they don't need to be dating. They don't need no woman. Bottom line. My sister stayed home until she got married. And I'm cool with that because she's 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 the woman. Now, some people may say, oh, that's sexist or that's whatever that is. You know, that's cool. I'm a Christian. So I go by Christian morals and Christian values. And I respect any, anyone else's opinion. But I do, do believe that the man is the head of the home. Not saying he tells his wife what to do, but he is the sole priority when it comes to providing for the home. And I think men need to be stable before they get a woman. So I think, you know, what you said, I agree with, you know, okay. but what's cool. in my head right now is cool. like, okay, what do you say to the man that is making about $55,000 a year, meets a beautiful woman who is $100,000 in debt? He's not, he's debt free. He's good. He has his finances in order, but he's, you know, making 55000 but he meets this woman who isn't fully together financially. And so would you encourage him to take on that burden of, of debt. Here's what I would encourage them to do. Sit down, make sure you have a vision for your life. When you have that vision, make sure that she aligns with that vision. If she aligns and complements that vision and her money mindset is, yo, I don't want this debt. I want to get it off. And here's how I've been attacking it. Marry that woman. I would never see her and tell another woman or man to not marry someone solely because they do have debt. Um, I would encourage them to look at Look at the vision of the woman and like, you know, like, does she line up with my vision? Are we aligned? Can we work hand in hand? And then two, you know what? Here's on the flip side. If you're saying I don't want to marry someone with a bunch of debt, there's nothing wrong with that, too. You have to sit back and understand what do you want for your life? Me, I don't care if my woman comes to me with debt. I care about what's in her mind. What does she want moving forward? And if I know we are aligned in that area, we can attack this thing together. But a brother making 55 grand out of debt and she comes to the table with $100,000 of student loan debt and maybe like a, a car loan and, and a couple of credit cards, which is a typical uh, person in America. I'm just asking her like, hey, babe, what's your vision? Like, I want you to be honest with me. Don't sugarcoat nothing. Don't tell me what you think I want to know. Be honest. Like, do you want to attack this off? Do, do you do you want to start building wealth? Do you want to start actually owning things? Do we want to start focusing on generational wealth? And if she says yes, man, that's a great woman. Get her and lock that down. So I I agree totally. Like with it, you look at the mind, you look at the character of the person. So just on the flip side of that, like what advice would you give a single woman that has a great career making well into the six figures? And wants to find a man that is either making equal or more than her so that she can, you know, stay home if she wants to, that she can have the freedom to do what she pleases versus having to, you know, go up the ladder in her career. So are you saying that she she doesn't want to date someone who makes less money than her? Yes. Ooh, ooh, Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, we're getting into into it. Uh, Y'all really get into it, right? All right. 
I don't think that's a good method to teach. You know what I'm saying? For people, because here's the truth. My dad makes less money than my mom, but he still provides. My mom makes well over six figures. My dad enjoys driving buses for the senior citizens. He's He's been, he's loves, like he just literally loves doing that. That's his passion. That's his calling. I mean, every time I go home, people remind me of how they enjoy seeing my father when they, when they got on the bus, cause he worked for a company called Lyft and he keeps these older people like smiling and extends their life. Well, that's not a high paying job, but it's a high paying purpose. And I think one of the things I learned from my mom, because I didn't know my father wasn't making more money than my mom. Here's why. Because my mom still submitted to the vision of the family. I didn't say she, she submitted to the man, per se. She submitted to the vision for the family. And the man, my father, was leading that vision. So um, I, I don't think that there's nothing wrong with the woman saying, hey, I want to maintain this lifestyle and I don't want to date someone who makes less than that. Cool. Great. If that's where you are, just know that you've just shortened your pool by nearly close to like only maybe 15% of men because the average man in America makes $41,500 a year. If we break this down to the minority people, 51% of minority black men make about $38,000 a year. Now, this is not in your states of California, New York, D.C. and stuff like that. But this is about all the states. Average person, 41, all people, minority black men, 51 percent, 38,000. But I stepped back because seven, eight years ago, I was that black man. You know, I was making $38,000 as a youth pastor. And now I'm, I'm very much so well past that. But I remember being passed up because of my income, not because of my my character, not because of integrity, not because of my work ethic, not because of my vision. I was solely passed up simply because I was only making thirty eight thousand dollars a year. Now, half of those ladies who are still single now, they want me because they see me on podcasts like yours. They see me on TV. They see me traveling around the world and, and how successful I am today. And I'm like, no. You didn't see the man. You didn't see the season God had me in. He was pruning me. He was evolving me. He was educating me. Everything that you wanted now, everything that you want now, and then some, I can provide that and then some more. But you weren't willing to, to look at the fruit of my labor. You were only looking at, he ain't making a lot of money right now, so I'm going to pass up on him. And if that's you, there is nothing wrong with the woman saying, I don't want that. Two things. Just know that you shorten your, your pool to be found by that kind of guy. Two, don't go back to that guy when he does get to the level of where you want him. And then three, here's the thing I'll tell the ladies. I would say give a guy a shot. If he's making less money today, just try, test his character. Test his vision. Hey, where are you going? What do you want to do in life? Do you want to work at Walmart for the rest of your life? Yes. Cool. Great. That's not the guy for you. Keep on moving. But if the guy says, yo, I'm working at Walmart so I can finish my degree to get my master's degree in this and then this, I'm going to go into this particular career and I'm going to do this and da, da, da. And that's going to land me about a quarter million dollars here. That's a brother that you may want to stick with and just hold him accountable throughout that journey. And as long as you see him producing, as long as you see fruit, rock with them. But as soon as you find a man that doesn't produce, doesn't have fruit, then yeah, don't rock with him. Because I don't think no man should be comfortable making $40,000, $50,000 for the rest of your life. I think every man, every, every person can make six figures to make six figures is hard 
to get to a half a million dollars is a little hard to get to one million dollars. It's not hard. It's just a lot of smart work, you know? So, but to get to six figures is hard work because you have to put in some extra hours. But you know what I've learned when it comes to money, you go from hard work to less hard work to now it's about mentally being smart on how you're strategically having your money work for you. And so six figures is, is only about $8,333 a month. That's about 200 and what, 40 something dollars, $250, something, somewhere around there a day. So that means you go to work, you come home, maybe you, you know, start a um, online tutoring business for, you know, a good three, four hours after work. Maybe, you know, I always say your nine to five is your income that pays your bills. Your, your six to 10, six to 11, that's your dream. You're working on your dream. And so I think every, everybody, every, especially every brother can make six figures. It's just, are you willing to put in the work for a season to get there? No. So I think you hit on like so many great points from looking at the vision of the person, understanding their mindset, looking at their character versus, you know, how much income they're bringing in or what other tangibles they might have. Like, I think that's really great advice for our listeners. Yeah. I just want to emphasize. So how would someone balance that with the finance conversation, right? Because, you know, there is a give and take, right? You, you want value, but you also want financial security or at least a financial mindset, right? So, so how can you balance the two? I mean, that's a good question. You know, I think one of the first thing is in the beginning process of dating, enjoy the dating process, you know, like in, laugh, have fun, flirt a little, you know, I mean, do some romantic stuff. But as you're as you are going through that process, start having little small conversations. One an example was um, I took this young lady out on a date. I spent maybe thirty dollars on a date. And while we were walking around, uh, we went to a jazz festival. So I bought like jazz tickets, got some connections, bought like some little ice cream. It was real cool. And uh, she was like, you know, I was, I'm, I'm a little shocked. I said, why I say that? She said, because I thought you would, you would spend a little bit more money because you got money. I said, well, isn't that funny? I said, well, why would you think I will spend more money because I have money? She said, isn't that what people do? I said, yeah. And that's why 80% of them are living paycheck to paycheck. And I said, did you not enjoy yourself tonight? She was like, no, I did. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I was shocked. Like, you put effort, you put thought, you put intention into this date. Like, you listened to what I said. And she was like, and I was shocked. She said, I'm curious. How much money do you spend on this date? About 30 bucks. She was like, so would you say you're cheap? Would you say you're frugal? And I would say, no, I say, I said, I would say that I am intentional with my money. I would say that this night may not go the way that we wanted to go. And I don't want to wake up 10 years from now. And I told my wife, no, I'm telling my wife, no, because I told all the girls who end up being friends. Yes. And so spending $30 on you today could lead to. $300 in a couple of months. It could lead to $3,000 in a couple of years. It could lead to $30,000 if we get married. But I have to be wise and I have to be a good steward over my resources. And we didn't work out. We, did, we didn't work out, not because of the money thing, it was just because of religion thing. I'm a non-denominational and she was, she wanted to, she wanted to start practicing the Muslim tradition. And so 
I have good friends who are Muslim, but that's just not how I want to raise my kids. So we didn't work in that in that way. But she was the first woman who really understood the financial side of things. But we laughed. We had a good time. We enjoyed each other's presence. We had conversations. I mean, I eventually took her to a very nice restaurant that cost me like two, three hundred bucks for dinner. And she was like, wow, thank you. You know, we had a good time. But you see how there was a balance. We laughed. We enjoyed. I mean, we, we went to jazz festivals. We went to Top Golf. We went bowling. We even went to this escape room, escape thing where you had to go. And it was fun. And then we had the money conversation throughout it. And watch this. To this day, she's one of my biggest supporters, lover. She got married. When she, her and her husband uh, got married, they reached out to me and were asking me money conversations solely because she saw that I lived way below my means. And she was like, yo, I want that for my family. So, man, I think that you have the balance by if you have a clear vision. And my ultimate vision for my life is to make sure that I can say yes to my family, yes to my kids, yes to my mom, yes to my grandkids so many times. Because growing up, I got more no's than I could even remember yeses because we could not afford it. And I refuse to say no to my wife because I say yes to all my girlfriends. And I want to make sure that I flip that. I'll tell them no uh, so I can say yes to them. You hit on something that I think... You know, I think a lot of people while they're dating, you know, we can get caught up into the flash, right? Like, oh, he spent this on me or he did that for me. And I think it comes down like what you said, like as you were preparing for your date with this woman, like you put thought into it, you put creativity into it and it didn't cost you a lot. And I think for the men listening, like you can take a lot out of that. Like you don't have to spend so much money to have a good time. I know that's what RJ did yeah. did for me. Like, <laughs> you want to? Yeah, no, I, I remember when we first dated, like we we had Groupon dates. Groupon you know, dates. we had, you know, $5 matinee movies. Like we had the most fun with that, yes. right? And it was like, you know, it's important to just be able to be your natural self without having to have money substitute who you are, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think one of the key things I'll tell men when it comes to like dating and like dating on a, I think I'm a rephrase. I always say date on the budget. Now I'm going to say date within your vision, right? It's take out your cell phone. Every time you get on the phone with this woman and she says something, her favorite color or something that stood out to her or something that she liked or something that made her smile, yo, jot it on a notepad. And then when you're planning that first date, go back to that notepad. She said her favorite color is this. She said this makes her smile. You can get creative with these things. And I think most ladies would rather see a whole bunch of attention than a whole bunch of money. And if you're with the woman who would rather see money than intentionality, that's the that's the wrong woman up front. If you're with a woman who says, you know what? And you turned this $25 date into a $500 experience. Thank you. Like, that's a great sign. That is the woman you want to pursue. So now when I'm dating someone, I literally have... I'm on speakerphone pretty much nine times out of 10 when I'm on uh, the first few phone calls with her. And as she's talking and she says, you know, I remember watching this movie and it had me cracking up. I just write down the name of the movie. Man, you know, I just picked out this, this scarf and it was red. It's one of my favorite colors. It just reminds me of XYZ. Great. I'm writing down her favorite color. Oh, man, I went to this restaurant for lunch with my girls today. Man, I, that chicken was woo, good. Great. I'm writing down the name of that restaurant and the chicken that she talked about. So now... When I go and plan the first date, I'm just going back to that list and saying, all right, cool. What can I do? It's not about the money, but how can I create an experience 
that she will remember and that is within the vision for my money in my life moving forward. Easy. It is so easy. I can't tell you the last time I've been on the first date and I've spent more than 75 to 100 bucks. Like I literally do average about $50 on a first date. And some people laugh when I say that, like $50, you know, budget date for the first. I'm like, but I don't want to go to an expensive restaurant. You know what I'm saying, Angie? And I got to sit there and be loud. Like, yo, can you hear me? So what's your favorite coat? I don't want to run. You know, I want to be chilling. I want to have a good time. I want to see, can you laugh? Can you smile? I mean, how do you greet people? Are you bougie? Are you going to come out there with some red bottoms on the first day trying to like, wow, me? you know, I want to know, can I take you to the the game and and you jump on the bike and you try to beat me? Like, I love a woman like that, but don't get it twisted. I do want to see if you can put on some red bottoms and look good. But up front, I want to see like, yo, can we, can we mesh well? Not do we look good together? I'm talking about, can we laugh? Can we have a good conversation? Can we talk about life and really get to know each other deep? And I think that doesn't take a $300 restaurant. It it honestly takes us both being willing to be a little uncomfortable up front and go out to the top golf and swing a club that we probably don't know how to swing and just laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, lo- I love those tips. Those great tips, right? It's like MacGyver for uh, budgeting for dates and everything. I love it. Love it. And the Envision piece is right on on uh, spot. But I love, I just love where you're just being intentional with your money and having a purpose behind it. And it all comes down to like those type of dates show your value, right? And a lot of times when it comes to dating, a good piece of advice is always like, don't judge people by what they say judge them by what they do, uh, their actions. So it's great points. Yeah. So for our listeners that are single, how can they right now in this season prepare themselves for a healthy relationship? I think the very first thing you can do, and it's so funny, or maybe we can talk about a little bit later on, is really focus on maximizing your single season, which is maximizing your life. Don't focus on how do, how do I get myself ready for her or how do I get myself ready for him? No. How do you get yourself ready for you? How are you really building yourself? How are you building your mind? I tell every single person to mind the business. There's two steps to that. Number one is, of course, don't worry about what they're doing. Don't worry about what she's doing. No matter what, don't worry about what he's doing. Worry about what you are supposed to be doing. Then on the flip side of minding your business is make sure that you understand that your mind is a business. Mm-hmm. So grow your mind. Are, are you getting therapy? Are you you know, going out and really solving these issues? And I think when we can really fix ourselves, it makes us better candidates for someone else. You know, it really makes us healthier. It makes us wiser. And then it makes us even more attractive to other people. Um, I really wasn't as attractive to other ladies until about a few years ago, until I really sat down and said, you know what? I was making good money, but mentally I was still broken because I just got out, out of a, um, an engagement from my ex-fiance and I was emotionally hurt. And I really wasn't doing the correct things by ladies. I was lying to them. I was misleading them. I wasn't telling the truth about my feelings and my emotions and what all I had going on. So I had to go seek mental help. And when I sought seek mental help, man, I got stronger at my core. I really started to, to understand who I was. And you know what? Some ladies who I were dating weren't even meant to be in my life. And then for the ladies who are solid ladies, man, they became more attracted to me 
because I focus on me. So I think every single person, what we should be doing is really focusing on how do we maximize and steward our single season now? And how do we grow ourselves? And when we grow ourselves, we'll be attracted, uh, not attracted, but attractive to other people. Yeah, th- those are all great points. I love, you know, where your mindset was was broken. You went to go fix it, right? Because I, 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 I do believe that you repeat what you don't repair. Yes. So it's so important that you do the work on yourself so you can become the best version of yourself. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. No. So again, Anthony, you have laid out some great tips, great advice for our listeners, and they're going to get so much value out of this episode. So where can our listeners just keep up with all of the great resources that you have and just, you know, learn more about everything that you have going on? Man, again, thank you all so much for having me on. And this this is amazing. It's so great to meet you all at FinCon. And I love what you all are doing. But to learn more about me and everything that I have going on with my team and I here, just go to anthonyoneal.com. You'll be able to find free resources on how to date, not on a budget, but date within your vision. And then I have a new course coming out and it's called The Singles Blueprint, Eight Pillars to Maximize Your Single Season, Gain Clarity on Your Life's Vision and Start Building Your Legacy Right now, uh, you can go to uh, click the show notes because I want to make sure that uh, you all get some love for being a part of the course uh, because you know, y'all's tribe will get a special, special treat for joining the course. And I'm telling you right now, it's going to be absolutely amazing. I'm really focusing this year on helping singles maximize their single season. I get a lot of single people ask me, how do I get out of debt? How do I build wealth? And then when I start teaching them the practical things, what I quickly learned is I can teach you the practical things first, but if I don't teach you how to shift your mindset and shift how you think, the practicals will go out the window. And so this course is really, I'm teaching young people and single people how to really maximize single season. How do you build the right relationships, not dating, the right relationships when it comes to mentors, friends, um, how do you write a vision for your life? Most people do not know how to write a vision for their life. And so I literally sat down and wrote out a full spread and did a full course. on just how do you write a vision? And so the singles blueprint, man, is absolutely amazing. Check it out. Click the link in the show description because I'm telling you right now, it's going to be absolutely amazing. Uh, and for everything else, go to anthonyneal.com. You'll see my social there, some free resources. We got a lot of great things there. So uh, check it out. Thank you, Anthony. This was great. Can you talk a little about Singles Mansion? So, yeah. So, you know, last month, man, you know, I hosted this thing called the Singles Mansion. I'm doing this three times a year where I bring in eight people, eight singles. And we talk about all things life. We talk about dating. We talk about intimacy. Uh, we talk about money. We talk about, yo, are we maximizing our single season? And so um, I, it was it was amazing. It's shot like a reality show. Uh, you saw some some cursing. You saw some yelling. You saw some arguing. But then you also saw some tears and you also learned some good stuff from it. So I would encourage you to go over to my YouTube channel, The Table with Anthony O'Neill, and check it out because we have a new season coming in August um, and I'll be interviewing eight candidates for that. Uh, but yeah, that's all we're doing is we're just bringing in eight single people to a mansion that I find. I bring in a chef, I bring in my crew and we just have a real relevant and a relatable conversation with singles. Come with open ears, come with an open heart. And you will learn something, uh, but then also you're going to laugh. So check it out. 
Yeah, no, I'm excited to watch it. I saw the trailer. So just excited to see these eight different perspectives talk about their single season. So, you know, I'm just excited for what's to come. Yeah, yeah. And and just thank you for coming on and sharing your story. Essentially, you went from homeless to homeowner. And I think there's so much value in that journey of yours that you have just to share that story and impact the lives of others. So we're definitely fans of yours and we love what you're doing. So continue prospering and we wish you all the best. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming. Thank you all. Thank you for tuning into this episode. If you like what you heard, hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram at Rich by Intention for money tips and inspiration.